Business is about relationships. This idea of business not being conducted by people, right, or being something that you can just kind of go and sell something, whether it's business to business or business to consumer, is critical to have that relationship component. So that idea of not having it never was going to fly. The B2B Marketing Exchange brings together B2B marketing and sales practitioners from across the country to get the latest tools and tips they need to succeed. Now, we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. I'm Claudia Tarico, And I'm Kelly Lindenow. And this is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us today. We are recording this episode of the B2BMX Podcast from the marketplace at the B2B Marketing Exchange. And I'm hosting solo today because my lovely, lovely counterpart is busy running the show. But that doesn't mean I'm alone. I'm actually in great company because I am joined by Megan Wolf, the Managing Director of ZS. Megan, thank you for joining me today. Can you just tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? Sure, Kelly, thank you so much for the invitation. Happy to be here. A little bit about my background. I'm a B2B marketer who's been transforming consulting and technology firms from the inside out since the late 90s. Nobody do the math. But... People best describe me as an innovator with a bias for action. So I've worked in agencies, I've worked at big four, mid-tier and startup firms, in every marketing role you can think of, from ABM to portfolio to digital and content. So I'm thrilled to be here today. Awesome, we are obviously in great hands here. You are clearly a seasoned industry vet. So just in general, can you share some insights into how you've seen ABM in particular grow over the past several years? And did you ever expect it to become dare I say, essential for modern marketers. Absolutely. ABM is truly the most focused and critical way to go to market, in my humble opinion, because business is about relationships. This idea of business not being conducted by people, right, or being something that you can just kind of go and sell something, whether it's business to business or business to consumer, is critical to have that relationship component. So that idea of not having it never was going to fly. I think a long time ago when I was working at a big four consulting firm, we saw the shift from sales to ABM, and it was revolutionary at that time, but the numbers didn't lie. ABM was absolutely the way to go. All right, awesome. So then just stemming off of that, what are some of the latest ABM trends that you think will shape the rest of 2023? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think that there are three trends that we've kind of been seeing a lot lately or we've been tuning into. And the first is really accelerating business opportunities with ABM. So again, this is not new, but it's something that I think people are getting much more comfortable with. So things like leveraging buyer insights and intent signals, right, using tools like demand base, using tools like sales intel to prioritize where ABM resources are allocated and maximize what you get to the organization. The second, I think, is omni-channel ABM. So reaching very specific audiences at that account level, seniority level, or by job title through more channels. So really getting beyond the whole concept of just an email nurture and really tapping into all of the channels available to us. And I think the third thing is the concept of one to few campaigns that feel like a one-to-one campaign. So let's go ahead and leverage the insights and personalization that you're building anyway and hit campaigns or hit accounts that are really kind of well aligned in the industry or in the market to use. All right, perfect. Okay, so let's focus on ZS's ABM campaign and dive into the specifics there. So now you recently partnered with Corey to launch a multi-touch, multi-channel, once-a-few ABM campaign. 
which you actually just shared with our attendees in your track session. So what were some of the factors that made you realize that you needed to execute that type of strategy? You know, it's interesting. The primary factor that made us realize we wanted to execute that type of ABM campaign was that we had great relationships at the director level, doer level implementation teams in our clients, in our pharma clients in particular. The executives who were setting the strategy and making all the change at the enterprise level didn't know who we were. So we knew that we wanted to get in front of those executives, but that we needed to really level up how we thought about them, how we approached them, the type of content, the type of assets that we took to them. So that was ultimately the genesis of the campaign. All right, awesome. So then what was your ultimate goal of the campaign? What was the ideal outcome? Our ultimate goal of the campaign was really to change the mindset of pharma executives and drive revenue. Perfect. Okay, so now let's dig into the good stuff here. Can you tell me all about the campaign, the creative platform you use, the assets you leverage, the messaging, all that fun stuff that us marketers love? Absolutely. So, you know, it's interesting. This was a new motion for us going to market through the campaign kind of approach. And so we did partner with Corey to learn a lot of that, which was great. But what we did is we really dug into the concept that once pharma companies cross the threshold from being having their medicine not commercialized to commercialized, they needed to show up differently. Turns out, quick overview on, on the industry, turns out that pharma companies, the way they take new medications to market is very linear, siloed, and they focus almost exclusively on selling to the physician. So we knew pharma was leaving a lot on the table with that exclusive focus on that one audience. So what we wanted to do was essentially change the mindset, as I mentioned earlier, of pharma companies that when they walked through that door into the commercialization of their medication, there were multiple other people that they needed to be talking to. So they needed to talk to health plans. They needed to talk to patients. They needed to talk to people beyond just the physician. The idea behind that was really shifting the mindset from business to business, which in this moment meant pharma to physician, to business to ecosystem, which really meant pharma to healthcare. So we did all of that. That was the strategy behind the campaign. And then we really created a lot of assets around it, multi-channel, multi-touch, a lot of the channels that you would expect. One of the interesting things that we did, though, was we took a look around our organization and realized that there were a lot of things that were already in place that we could tap into. So rather than building everything net new, we kind of said, okay, we've got this big annual client event. Why don't we use that as a rally point for all of the digital touches that we're doing, focus on getting more executives to attend, and then create a separate kind of private event for those execs. So what we did with those execs was we had Dr. Sanjay Gupta join us for a breakfast session with just those most senior people at the front end of our annual client event called Impact Summit. We used a lot of the, again, the channels that you would expect, but we were really, really focused on our top 30 accounts very specifically and really made a point to stay there. All right, awesome. So now. As they say, the best laid plans often go awry. So my question for you is, did any unexpected challenges come up as you were formulating or even executing this campaign? So as I mentioned earlier, this was the first time through for us and we didn't necessarily know what to expect. But I think one of the big key takeaways for me in terms of a challenge that was a surprise was how long it took to get the campaign into market. 
So the idea of teaching people how to do things new and differently, as well as getting our stakeholders around it, setting up the orchestration of it, and making sure that we were getting kind of the right information into the market at the right time, took a lot longer than I think certainly I realized or anybody realized. I thought it was going to be fast. I thought we were going to be in market very quickly. And it took us nearly six months to actually build the strategy component and then sit down and build the activation orchestration. So now I'm not sure how much you can share here. Do you get any specifics, name some names for me, but are you able to provide some insights into the MarTech ad tech stack that powered this campaign? Yeah, happy to do that. So we actually built a landing site or a microsite for the campaign on our website. And we ran all of the outreach through Marketo which was great. We used on 24 event some of the event tools to drive around our client conference as well as webinars, and then used DemandBase and others for key recruitment and understanding of kind of content syndication. And then we used the Google Data Studio to actually kind of summarize it all and roll it all up into reports that I was in by the hour, constantly monitoring. Awesome, so now all of that said and done campaign executed, <laughs> challenges faced, overcome, what sort of results did we see at the end of all of this? So at the end of the campaign, we had some pretty great results to share. All 30 of our accounts that we targeted had engaged in the campaign and 60% of them engaged at the highly engaged level, which was just kind of a metric that we put together inside. We ended up bringing in more than 2,000 new contacts. Again, we were looking at that kind of VP and above, and so that was really big for us. We had five meetings at the CEO and COO level. So the campaign really drove that new way of talking to and engaging with executives. And we influenced more than 40 million in revenue within a year. So it was pretty, pretty great. Very impressive. You are underselling it with pretty great. That is <laughs> impressive. So now we like to get a little personal here and kind of get to know our guests on a little more personal level. So I actually heard that you are a fellow bookworm, but specifically for sci-fi. So could you share what your favorite book or series is? Absolutely. I am a proud bookworm. I love to meet another bookworm. All right. So sci-fi, right, it's, wow, it's big. They're traditional sci-fi people, right? I fall, I dabble in that, but I like some of the more modern stuff. So my most recent favorite series is The Murderbot Diaries by Martha Wells. It's fantastic. And given all of the focus on AI conversations we've had here at the conference, it's kind of relevant at the moment. I do love Brandon Sanderson and any world building that he does, but his books from the Stormlight series archive in particular are some of my favorites. All right, awesome. I'll definitely have to check some of those out because truthfully, I didn't think I was a sci-fi girl. I'm all about the drama and the thrillers. But I did read this one book called The Second Ship about a second UFO that was discovered at Roswell, and it was such a good series. And I've just been hooked on the genre ever since. So I highly recommend that one. Oh, thanks. I'm adding that one to my list right now. Good, good. So now, again, on the little theme of getting to know each other on a more personal level, our listeners can't see it, but I have this beautiful roulette wheel next to me. We have some numbers on it that correlate to a question. So we're actually going to have Megan spin the wheel to find out what question she'll be answering for us. All right, here we go. All right, we have a number six, which is what is the most successful campaign you've ever run? I'm going to have to say it's the one we've been talking about. Respin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number seven. 
All right, so number seven is, what is the one thing practitioners need to implement to future-proof their marketing strategies? God, that's a hard question. That's a big one. I guess if I had to pick one thing, it would be to continue to learn and to really understand and pay attention to conferences like B2B, Marketing Exchange, make sure you're reading what the industry analysts are talking about, about marketing, and make sure that you're not just jumping on trends because they sound really interesting and or are hot. Make sure they make sense for what you're trying to accomplish. All right, perfect. So I think we have a little time to spin the wheel one more time and see what number we get. All right. This time we have number three. So what song or album do you currently have on repeat? Oh boy, I love music. So lately I've been listening to real estate, which maybe is a little dated, but love me some real estate. Cannot stop listening to it. Seen them live a couple of times. Fabulous show. Awesome. We love to hear it. Well, Megan, thank you so, so much for taking the time out of your busy show schedule to join us today and chat all things ABM and sci-fi and music. I love it. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's been great to be here. Of course. So, folks, that is a wrap on today's episode. I'd like to thank you all again so much for joining us today. As always, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your podcast player of choice. And if you'd like to share with us how much you're loving the pod, connect with us on LinkedIn and Twitter. We would love to hear from you. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. I'll catch you later.